we have a great team around us and um, looking forward to all that God's going to do for us in this season. We are currently um, doing a series on overcoming our fears and this morning is uh, no exception to that. I'm going to be continuing on with uh, talking about overcoming our fears. One of the things that uh, we, we need to understand is that sometimes when we uh, become saved, that sometimes a part of the old world's thinking, the old world's mindsets, its belief systems and things like that come with us into the kingdom of God. And God wants to reshape our thinking. The Bible says that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. And uh, one of the things that we need to understand is that God's got us on this journey of transformation, of being sanctified, being set apart. You know, we instantly are saved when we get to give our hearts to Christ and we invite him into our lives and we start to live for him. But there's an ongoing process of uh, us outworking what God wants us to do in his word and uh, transforming our thinking by uh, some of the things that we used to grow up with, believing and, and things like that. It's just, you know, we need to reshape some of that stuff. So that's the, the whole idea behind this Overcoming Our Fears series is that we're going to start to help us to understand what God's uh, will, intent and purpose is for us as his people. Now, I realize that uh, in talking about overcoming fears, that there is some uh, likelihood that I'm going to be touching on some things uh, in your life. And I know that I'm, uh, I, I speak um, from myself as well. Stuff gets stirred up as, as you're talking about this, uh, this stuff. And um, you might have that happen in your world as well. And in the uh, desire to address some of those fears, you may not know where to go. Well, I've got some resources, some people that you, I can put you in touch with that uh, if you're serious about looking at those fears, then I certainly can uh, provide some resources for you. But this morning, we are going to crack on uh, with part six of our series on overcoming our fears. Uh, so, Lord, I just thank you for your word this morning. I thank you for the transformative power that your word brings. I pray, Father, that uh, as I speak, that people would hear you speak, that they would hear your voice, they'd hear your, uh, your mindset, they'd get your mindset behind this. Holy Spirit, uh, have your way in this, I pray in the wonderful name of Jesus. And everybody said... Amen. <clears throat> what do you think is the most emotional, emotionally painful thing um, that people experience in Australia today? It, the, the most common, let me say, the most common. Uh, sorry, divorce. Yep. Yeah. Death. Yep. Yeah. Who said loneliness? Loneliness. The most common emotional pain that people feel in Australia today is loneliness. It's loneliness. Genesis chapter 2 verse 18 says, It isn't good for man to be alone. It isn't good for man to be alone. And it's, it's quite amazing that experts tell us that, that loneliness is the most common emotional pain that Australians are going through today. Um, we can see this from a lot of telltale signs in our society and in our culture Internet dating and friendship signs, uh, sites, websites are getting thousands each month sign up because people are lonely. Beer adverts don't sell beer. They sell people having fellowship and relationship 
together. They're always showing people having a great time and happy and smiling, arms are around each other, having fun. You know, some beer slogans have this, this saying that, you know, it doesn't get any better than this. They're selling a lifestyle, not just a product. The fact is that we need each other. And, and God has made us to, to need each other as we go through life. We need people and we don't want to be alone. And I think it's interesting that, that God says right in Genesis when Adam and Eve are in, well, Adam's in the Garden of Eden on his own. He says, man, it's not good for you to be alone. God actually recognized that loneliness can play a huge part. Everything's, I don't know if you know this, but everything was perfect in the Garden of Eden. Adam had really no need of anything else, but God recognized in him that there was a need for someone to walk with him as well. Adam had God to walk with in the, in the garden, but he still recognized that Adam needed someone to be with him right there in the Garden of Eden. There's, in this whole thing, you know, he's, he's in this, this addressing of loneliness... God has actually provided for us three resources to help reduce loneliness in our lives. Those three resources are his plan to live for, his people to live with, and his presence to live in. See, his plan to live for, if we're focusing on God's plan for our lives, we don't have a real lot of time to have a pity party or to feel lonely. We're actually getting on with the task of what doing what God wants us to do. We're, we're, we're living for God's purpose. Even in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says God has these plans for us. And if we'll get on board with these plans, then you know, it's, it's one of the things, one of the remedies, one of the, the things that God gives us to overcome loneliness. The second thing is he gives us people to live with. In Psalm 68, verse 6, it says he puts the lonely in families. He puts the lonely in families. If we are a believer, we have a family. It's called the family of God. It's called our church. It's called the body of Christ. It's an extended family. And part of our purpose here at Infused Church is to actually provide relationship opportunities for people so that people don't go through life alone. They don't go through their week and their day feeling lonely. We have many opportunities to develop close friends, not just acquaintances, but close friends, so that when we go through a crisis in life, someone's there to help us and to lend a hand. Even in Ecclesiastes, it talks about, you know, if two shall fall, then who's, or one should fall, who's going to help out and stuff like that. There's this whole different uh, series of things that are in that. This, see, the, the church, the, the family of God actually provides these things that we need, the, the, the people to go through. But we've got to take the step and take advantage of them. We've got to join a connect group. We've got to make friendships. We don't just attend church, but we've got to get involved in church. Bless you. The third resource, and that's going to be our focus for this morning, the, the third resource that God gives to us is he gives us his presence to live in. And that's where I want to spend the majority of my time this morning says in Psalm 139, Where can I go from your presence? It's a question sometimes I've asked myself. You, you, you think you're doing stuff alone. You, you, you don't sense God's presence. The, the reality of this question is you can go nowhere where his presence isn't already there. 
God's presence is absolutely everywhere. He is omnipresent, which means he's everywhere presence, present. There's no place in the universe where God isn't. No matter where we go, God's going to be there. We can't escape from his presence. If we're a believer, God is in us. There is no encouragement at all unless we sense God's presence. We feel his presence. We experience his presence. We encounter God's presence. He can be all around us, but it's no help to us unless we know he's there and we're able to take advantage of God's presence. In Hebrews 13 verse 5, he says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Now that's spoken of in relation to finance, but it also is a, is a, a principle for life. It's a truth out of God's word for life as well. God is always with us. We just need to recognize it. How do we recognize God's presence? What are the benefits of his presence? Why should we learn to realize that God is with us all the time? These are good questions to have and ones that maybe I think that God is asking us to answer in overcoming the fear of loneliness. When we tune into God and realize that he's with us all the time, four things will happen to us. Okay, Number one, God will help us out when we're going through tough times. Number two, he'll calm us down when we need to be calmed down. God is also, number three, going to cheer us up when we need to be cheered up. And number four, God is going to see us through no matter what happens. Four things that are going to happen when we realize and tap into the power and the, uh, the, the purpose of God's presence in our world. It helps us to overcome loneliness when we're going through stuff. So number one, God's going to help us out. Anyone need help this morning? About half of you, praise God. The rest of you will just pray for healing and, and truthfulness to come out. So God is going to help us out. Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, Don't worry because I am with you. Don't be afraid because I am your God. I'll make you strong and help you. I will support you. That's the end of point one. No, it's not. <clears throat> God promises to do three things. He says, I'm going to make us strong. He's going to help us out. And he's going to support us if we will realize that he is with us. He's saying that we're not alone. No matter what we face, we are never alone in it. There's a difference between being alone and being lonely. You can be lonely in a massive crowd. There are people here that today that I'm guaranteeing you feel lonely even though you're surrounded by people. It's not dependent upon the number of people that's with you. It's a dependent upon what's happening inside of you is where the feeling of loneliness comes from. And that's the thing that I'm, I'm hoping this morning will help us to see that if we'll tap into so, to, to God's presence, we'll realize that we can never be lonely if we realize and are aware of the presence of God wherever we are. Many times loneliness comes and it's just simply unasked for. It's something that, that happens to us. Many people get lonely because of the death of a loved one or perhaps through a divorce Many families have gone through divorce. They didn't ask for it and they've been left alone. They feel lonely after having so many years perhaps of, of being together with a spouse. People get lonely through desertion. Maybe you were abandoned by someone in your history at some point. I personally, I've, I've, and I've shared this openly with people, that after the suicide of my mum, that I felt like my father wasn't there. I felt like I'd been abandoned. To, to understand that fully, my father also comes from a generation where 
they internalized stuff. They didn't talk openly about loving people and loving your family and things like that. It's not an excuse. It's just a recognition of the generation that he came out with. You know, I don't know how I would handle the suicide of my wife. Pray God it never happens. But, you know, I don't know how I would understand what, what went through my dad's head, let alone a 14-year-old kid, and how to, to, to deal with that as well. So I've made my peace with my dad about this. But I know I felt like I'd been abandoned as a 14-year-old youth. You can feel that. It hurts. It, it really does. When we go through stuff like that, through the seasons of life where, where loneliness is forced on us and we don't want it, what do we do? What, what do you do? I believe that we need to remember what God says. And God says, I'll never abandon you. I will never abandon you. Psalm 27 verse 10 says, If my mother and father leave me, the Lord will take me in. That's a good scripture, isn't it? 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 9 says, God never abandons us. I looked up the meaning of the word never, and it means never. I mean, is that cool or what? Never. If everyone in our life walks out on us, God will never, ever walk out on us. Because if we realize he's with us, he will help us out. Secondly, he's going to calm us down. Anyone need calming down? Especially after the the chocolate rush this morning. Okay. He's going to calm us down. God is the great stress reliever. He's the great stabilizer in the crises of life that inevitably will hit us. And when we recognize God's presence in our life, we can realize that he will calm us down. I, I, I remember many times as, as working in the, the, the communications division of the police department that there were times when I had stuff, stress coming at me from every direction. I had stress from the phone calls that were coming in from members of the public who were dealing with crises in their life, but I was also dealing with the stress of keeping my supervisors happy and doing stuff that, that, that was being asked of me at those times. And there was times where stuff was being unfairly accused at me from my supervisor, saying that I hadn't done this, hadn't done that, I had done that, but they just didn't know that, and stuff like that. And, 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 and the whole thing of trying to, to work that stuff out, you're, you're stressed to the max. And I remember specifically going into the stairwell of our building and I just stood at the top of the stairs and I screamed at the top of my voice because I was so frustrated, I was so stressed out, I was so at the end of my tether because I wanted to kill my supervisor. Because he was there, he should have been there to help us through what we're dealing with on the telephones and the things where we're dealing with every day, not making things harder by falsely accusing people of doing stuff. Now, we, again, I've worked stuff out with my supervisor. I'm actually friends with him on Facebook, all right? So that tells you how far, you know, we've progressed in life. Okay, but, you know, there's times where I stood at the top of the stairs and I screamed my lungs out. But then I went from the stairs, I went back to my, my, my workstation in the communications room, I opened up my Bible, and I went to Psalm 62.
I wait quietly before God for my victory comes from him. And all of a sudden, the peace of God. It just took that first verse of Psalm 62 for the great stress reliever to come in, the great God Almighty to come and to bring and to calm me down. I went to him. I became aware of his presence. As soon as I opened my Bible, I said, I wait quietly for my victory comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will never be shaken. And I began to read this out aloud to myself. I began to read it so I could hear the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word. I believe that, so I spoke to myself out of this. And I began to cry at my workstation. Not because I was upset, but because the presence of God had come. Because the presence of God had come. The great stress reliever had shown up. He'd calmed me down in that moment. It is good. There's times when loneliness strikes us more than other times. Have you recognized that cycle for yourself? Have you, I don't know, but, but quite often uh, stuff happens more so at night than it does during the day. It, it, have you identified that? You know, like, nobody wants to go to bed alone. That's why people have the TV and the radio on at night, so that they can listen to There's the sound of movement. There's the sound of other people's voices, so that they don't feel lonely. Have you ever noticed how at night the sounds in the house are often more exaggerated than during the daytime? There's the creaks and the groans. And all of a sudden you're visualizing the scene from Psycho. Or is that just me? Our mind goes into overdrive when we're alone. I've I've shared the story before, you know, like me and my, my... partner we just graduated from the police academy and we're walking through this derelict building and and it's night time and we we're looking for we got the radio call there's people in this building that shouldn't have been in there and we're walking through and all of a sudden you know the strings that hang down to turn the lights on that's hanging down from the the ceiling and and it's touched my partner's shoulders he bolted Uh, i don't know what he was thinking but i didn't i didn't really care i was just trying to catch up I mean, he, he's running for a good reason. I didn't know what it was, but when we got out, we had a bit of a laugh. <laughs> I wasn't scared. <laughs> I was scared, trust me. <clears throat> happens at night. Happens at night. It really does, you know. I mean, there's one time we were uh, just moved into a, a rental place down at, at, uh, at Elizabeth, and it's night time, and, and we hear the, uh, you know, all the sounds that you've got uh, around about, and we heard this, this really strange noise inside the house. Jane and I are, what's that? I had a baseball bat in my hand. I mean, that's how, how scared we were. We, we just like, what the heck is that? We thought, yeah, she's walking behind me. You, you go get it. You go. That's what Jane was doing, pushing me in front. And we get it. One of our kids was snoring. That was all it was. But we were scared out of our daylights, not knowing what, what the sound was. Stuff gets exaggerated at night. I don't know if you know that. In Psalm 4, verse 8, it says this, I'll lie down in peace and sleep, for though I'm alone, O Lord, you'll keep me safe. Some of us need to put that over our kids' beds at night when they lay down. Psalm 31, verse 20 says, You protect protect them by your presence. See, one plus God equals a majority. 
One plus God equals a majority. God says he'll take care of us if we sense his presence. And if we sense it, he'll calm us down as well. Third thing, he cheers us up. I don't know, anyone here need cheering up this morning? Excellent, cool. There's some people here that need that. See, when we're going through tough stuff, he'll cheer us up if we will recognize his presence. Psalm 16 verses 8 to 9 says, I keep the Lord before me always. Everyone say that. I keep the Lord before me always. Say that again. I keep the Lord before me always. It goes on, he says, because he's close by my side, I'll not be hurt. So I rejoice. I'm cheered up. I'm glad and happy. Even my body has hope. What a great scripture, isn't it? To know that he's there and he's going to cheer us up. Philip Yancey is a prolific author, Christian author. He wrote a book, says, where, and the title was, Where is God When It Hurts? And that's a really good question. That's a really good question. Where is God when it hurts? Where he's always been, church, right with us. He never leaves us whether we feel it or not. He is always there. The issue is if we recognize it, if we realize it, if we sense it. Otherwise, his presence is of no value to us. But I want to tell you this morning, he is there. Because the psalmist says, I keep the Lord before me always. I keep the Lord. In other words, the psalmist says, I make a conscious mental decision to make myself aware of the presence of God. And I'm focused in on who God is and what he wants from my life. I'm focusing in on God. The verse says he consciously chooses to keep God as his focus, to think on him, to focus on him. See, when we're alone, we have two choices. We can choose to focus in on our loneliness and have a pity party. Oh, poor me. No one loves me. I'm going to go home and eat worms. Or, or... We can choose to focus on the fact that God's never left us and that he's with us. That gives us the choice to rejoice. It's up to us whether we're going to do that or not. We've got the choice to rejoice. It's up to you whether you're going to do that, whether you're going to focus in on God in that moment, in that time. It's like me when I'm I'm, I'm so frustrated at work. I'm so frustrated at work, you know, but I chose to keep the Lord before. I made a conscious mental decision to focus on God and not my circumstance. I knew that God would, if I could touch base with God, my circumstance would sort itself out. Because God's not going to leave me there. He's going to say, you got yourself in there, you can get yourself out. That's not how God operates. If we'll turn to him, I mean, so many times in the, in the, the Old Testament, you read the, 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 the stories of how God comes to a people, they, they rejoice, they repent of what they're doing, and then, you know, a little bit of time goes past, and they forget about God, and they start messing up again. So they cry out to God, recognizing the state of their situation, and God comes to them, and he rescues them from their situation, and he restores them, and there's this whole cycle that keeps going over and over and over and over and over. It doesn't matter what we're going through. If we come to God, God is going to, to, to help us in that moment. He's not, he's not distant from us. He's right there. Let's just turn to him, talk to him, and involve him in the situation anyway. 
David, King David, often felt the pain of loneliness. But in Psalm 16, he says, your presence fills me with joy. Because David recognized that God is able to cheer him up. God's able to you know, uh, bring this joy into his world. I, I shared with, in the VIP huddle this morning with our volunteers in the church uh, out of Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. God's going to cheer us up. It's his joy. We, when we tap into his joy, it's going to give us strength to get through what we're going through. How do we know when someone's walking in the presence of God? They're full of joy. You can't get the smile off their dial. How do you know when someone's not walking in the presence of God? Because their face looks like they've been sucking lemons. So God says he'll take care of us. He'll help us out. He'll calm us down and he'll cheer us up. You know, some people have had a really tough week this week. You've had an absolute downer. You ever had one of those weeks? One of those months, one of those lives. <laughs> Some people, that, you know, that's just how it is. Everything doesn't seem to work out. The pieces of the puzzle don't fit. There's some people here that are living through a tragedy right now. Where is God when it hurts? He's with us. That's where he is. Psalm 34 verse 18 says the Lord, the Lord's close to the brokenhearted and he saves those crushed in spirit. That's a good psalm, isn't it? That's why it's so essential to be able to recognize and to learn how to tune into God so that we can feel his presence. He's close to the brokenhearted. He cheers us up. Fourthly, he's going to see us through. God is going to see you through. Just turn to the person next to you and say, God is going to see you through. Isaiah 43 verse 2 says, When you go through deep waters and great troubles, I'll be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you'll not drown. God's not going to let us sink. Okay, He'll help us and He will see us through. Even when we feel like we can't go another day, we can't put another foot in front of the other one, when we're crushed and ready to throw in the towel, when we feel that, the good news is that God is with us and tune into Him and He'll see us through. Psalm 116 verses 8 to 10 says, The Lord stopped my tears and He kept me from defeat, so I walk in the presence of the Lord. I kept on believing even when I felt completely crushed. God's presence makes the difference. Christ can give us the strength to keep going. When I read out Psalm 62 in my workplace to myself and I felt the presence of God, I knew that I could make it through that shift. I knew that I could make it through that day. God's trying to tell you, if you'll just turn to him, recognize that he's there and, and start to involve him in that circumstance, you're going to make it through your day too. You're going to make it through your week. You're going to make it through your month. You're going to make it through life. God is going to bring us and see us through what we're going through. Sometimes we can't control what happens to us. Let me rephrase it. Most times we can't control what happens to us. We think we can, okay, but we can't. The only thing that we can control is how we respond to what happens to us. 
While sometimes being alone in certain seasons of our lives is unavoidable, we'll spend times of our life alone. It's it's going to be a fact, okay? It's unavoidable. But loneliness is avoidable if we tap into the resources of God's plan, God's people, and God's presence, and if we develop a friendship with God. When those inevitable tough times come, We'll have Christ right there with us and we'll realize that he's out there to help us. He's out there to lift us up, to cheer us up, to calm us down and to see us through. I'm not sure if you're aware of this. But right now, there are radio waves and TV signals and phone signals going all around about us right now. We can't see them but it doesn't stop the fact that they are actually there. If we had the right equipment, we could listen to the radio, we could watch a television program, and we could communicate with someone across Australia or in a different part of the world because those things are actually here right now with us. All we need is something to pick those signals up to make that a a reality for us. It's the same thing with God. It's the same thing with God. We just need the ability to tap in and to be aware of his presence. To see that he's talking to us. He's trying to communicate with us. He wants to communicate with us. He wants to help us. He wants to see us through. But how do we do that? How do we tune in to God? Well, I'm glad you've asked because I've got two ways that you can actually do this. The first thing that we need to realize is in these, in these two ways. The first way is that we've got to want it. You've got to want to do this. It's got to be something that you as a, as a person, as a child of God, a son or a daughter of God, it's got to be something that you want to happen. We must desire a relationship with God. God doesn't butt in on our lives. When you come to him and you suddenly realize that, hey, he's been with me my entire life and I just didn't realize it. I've only realized it now at a certain point where I become and I look back and I think, wow, you were there then. You were there then. I, I see it. Wow, you were there then. You were there then. We thought we went through stuff alone, but no, God was right there with us. One of the reasons why we don't sense God's presence is that we are way too busy. I don't know about you, but you know, we've got microwave ovens, we've got drive-through food outlets, we've got phones, mobile phones, so that we don't have to wait until we get back to the landline. Remember the landline days? Okay? We've got all this stuff okay, to make life easier, and, and it's in an instant society that we lived in. But I don't know, uh, with all this time-saving equipment, I have never got enough t- minutes in the day to do what I need to do still. We are way too busy, we are way too distracted as people so that we we just completely miss what God is wanting us to do. And it's no different with God. All we have to do is want it badly enough. All we have to do is to want God badly enough. In Psalm 27 verse 4, David said, The one thing I want from God, the the thing that I seek the most of all is the privilege of living in His presence every day of my life. Tell God how bad you want to get to know him. If you haven't already done so, invite Jesus to be a part of your life today. Second thing that we need to do is to actually want it, but then to dedicate some time 
to make that happen. Okay? I'm not, not sure. Like, <clears throat> It takes time to develop a relationship. Okay? After close to 35 odd years of being married to Jane, I'm still discovering the beauty of who God has brought into my world. I'm still dis- discovering strengths and abilities within Jane that I wasn't aware of yesterday, that I wasn't aware of last week. It's taking us time to get to know one another, to recognize those abilities and to call out that, that beauty that God has created within my precious wife. It's the same with God. How many of us have read a passage of Scripture over and over and over, and then suddenly one time, all of a sudden, it jumps off the page at you? It's a, what you're doing is you're suddenly getting to know God in a very personal way. He's talking to you about it. You've never seen this before, but you've read it so many times before. But you've suddenly realized there's something amazing in that passage that God is saying to you personally. I'm going to preach myself happy shortly. We must decide to set aside time on a daily basis. Switch off the TV. Switch off the radio. Switch off your Walkman. There's old school stuff. (laughs) Develop the habit of just asking him if there's anything he wants to say to us. God, is there anything on your heart that you want to talk to me about today? Well, as a matter of fact, I wanted to tell you I love you and that I miss talking to you. Read his word. Talk to him. Give him space to talk to you. One of the things I miss even now working here is like, I live maybe two minutes, two and a half minutes from the church. When I worked down in the city, I loved driving and commuting in my car. It was my personal quiet time. I could crank the stereo in my car. And I didn't care if people saw me talking because they'd think I was on the mobile phone. But all of that seems to to go because we don't develop the time, the space to be with Him. Quickest way to tune into God's presence is to develop the habit of praise. Psalm 22 verse 3 says, God inhabits the praises of his people. He's enthroned on the the praises of his people. We enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Try singing. There's a a turn up. eh? I try singing. Believe me, I really try singing. We, We make this joyful noise. Psalm 98 verse 4 says, make a joyful noise. That's, that's what I call singing. Some people here, are, they do sing, but I make a great noise. I know that many of you find that hard to believe. Shy little petal that I am. If God is everywhere, then we can praise him every, anywhere. We don't have to be in church. We can be in our car. We can be in our shower. We can be laying down having a rest. We can be taking out the bins. We can be walking along the beach. We can be at work. It doesn't matter where we are. We are not limited by the place that we are, but by making a decision saying, I want to connect with you, God. 
I sat at my workstation in the police communications room and I connected with God and the presence of God came because I said, I need to connect with God. And I didn't give a rip what my supervisor thought. I've said this before. I've been told like when I was working as a copper that you know my supervisor says you can't read your, your, your Bible at the workstation. It's just not on. I said, well, when you tell them to stop reading their No Idea magazine, then I'll stop reading my Bible. They're reading just junk as much as what, you know, anything. I'm reading something that's going to change my life and make me a better person. Do you want me to be a better person? Well, now that you mention it. (laughs) God is with us all the time. How about just starting out praising like this? Thank you for being my saviour. Thank you for saving my life. Thank you that you're here to help me. Thank you that you're here to cheer me up. Thank you that you're here to see me through this. Thank you for life itself. Thank you for my church family. That doesn't take much to do it. Just start praising God and we'll realize that we're not in this world alone, that God is with us right there in that moment. Loneliness is a choice, but we can reduce the pain of loneliness if, in our life if we take the advantage of the resources that God is offering to us. Number one, here's, here's some, uh, some uh, resources that we can use. We need to commit our life to God and his plan for us. Why did God make us? Because he has a plan for our lives. So let's tap into that plan and start to get on board with it. Let's start. It's going to be something that will make the adventure of a lifetime for you. Secondly, we need to be part of our church family, not just attending. Okay? Here's something I've learned. Okay? For those of you who are following me on Facebook, I've now started to regularly to, to participate in the Mount Barker Park Run. Every Saturday morning at 8 a.m., I've made a decision that I'm going to go out on, and do a 5K run. It's open to anybody that wants to go along. You can walk it, you can run it, you can however you want to, to do it. The only thing you can't do is to ride a push bike and a skateboard or stuff like that because it's safety reasons. But what I've noticed is this. I've noticed that something powerful has happened since I've been around others on this park run. I've noticed that because I'm a part of this now, that I'm more determined, I'm stronger, I'm faster, I'm more encouraged and capable of doing more than I thought possible because complete strangers are running with me, giving me high fives. They're shouting encouragement to me when I feel like I need to to give up. And they are celebrating with me the excitement of my successes as well. Complete strangers are doing this. This is why we need the family of God, the church that we go to, where we're a part of it, not just attending. Because when we start to invest ourselves and plant ourselves in the church that God has got us in, we will find that we are stronger, we are faster, we're more encouraged and capable of doing so much more than we ever thought possible. It's one of the things that God has put into place. It's called a family. Build some relationship with others so that they, they know you closely. They can hold you accountable to things. You know, I was, I'd finished my, my, my park run uh, last, not this Saturday just gone, was that yesterday, the, the week before. As I'm walking away, 
I, I wish I could get people in the church to do this. But there's, there's a guy I'm walking with. He's about my age. We're both panting like you wouldn't believe because we're both stuffed, right? Because I give it everything I've got. All right? We're walking away from the pork park run. The pork run. The park run. <laughs> Can you think? I'm thinking about I love a pork roast right now. I mean, the crackling and the, uh, I digress. So we're leaving the park run. And he says to me, I said, I'll see you next week. I said, you can count on it. I wish I could get the church to, get, to say that. I said, I'm going to see you next week. It's going to be great to see. Hey, how about you come out to the park run next Saturday, 8 o'clock. Hey, how about you come to church on a Sunday and get a message that will encourage you and lift you up that's going to change your life for eternity. If there's accountability built into it. So I'll look forward to seeing you next Sunday. I'll look forward to seeing you next Saturday. That's it. Why didn't you come along? How easy was it? He didn't feel ashamed or awkward about inviting me to come back next week. It was natural for him. Church, it's got to be natural for us too. It's in a church where we can encourage one another. We can be excited about the successes. That's why we have a God Story Sunday. I want to be excited about what God's done in someone else's life because there's going to be a day, I guarantee it, where I'm going to need God to do in my life maybe what he's done in their life. And I need to hear that and to be encouraged. There's times where, you know, I feel like quitting. I feel like walking away. But my church family keeps me here, keeps me going, keeps me encouraged, keeps me being stronger and faster. It, it, it helps me to keep coming back and keep going. Can I encourage you? Get involved in your church. Become part of a connect group. Become a connect group host. Become a, a connect group facilitator. Be a, a, join one of the teams that are here. They're, they're great teams. Our children's church, our, our, uh, our youth, our, our music, our administration, our technical side. If you've got an ability in, in, in technology and stuff like that, you know how computers work, you know how computer systems, are, uh, how, you've got a great ear for music and stuff like that. Talk to Luke and, and Shane about stuff. Because you know, you know we, we, there's stuff we can get you plugged into. If you've got no interest in technology, don't bother joining that team. It's not rocket science, okay? But if you're really good at details and, and processes and administration, talk to Teresa about administration. If you love hanging out with kids and having a good time and, and you can be a part of a team and, and, and work with a program, talk to Elle or to, to, to Danny and the, and the team who are overseeing that stuff. If you can hold a tune and you're not just making a joyful noise, talk to, to Luke and Haley. If you can play an instrument, I play the idiot, but that's about it. We need to just get involved. Do it. Because I believe that our lives need and our community needs what we've got to offer here. Thirdly, the third resource is develop a daily time with God. Get to know him. Just talk with him. Read your Bible. Pray. Have a quiet time. You, know, like, you don't have to blabber on. Don't yabba-dabba-do all the time. Just, just sit there and say, God, is there something you want to talk to me about? Don't be frightened of silence. So what's the source of your loneliness in life? A death, divorce, business, time away from your family maybe? Have you started a, a new school maybe? You've just started to go to a new school and you haven't met any friends le- lately? 
Maybe your husband or your wife won't talk to you. Did you know that you can actually be married and you can be lonely? It's true. You can be. Can you be famous and lonely? You can. A crowd is not company. Judy Garland is reportedly said this once. She said, why is it if I'm such a legend that I'm so lonely? You can be famous and can be lonely. Regardless of the source of our loneliness, there's never been a moment when God wasn't with us. We just haven't been tuned into him. And my encouragement to us this morning is let's start to, to turn the dial to get tuned into what God is saying to us. He's waiting to help us out, to cheer us up, to calm us down, to see us through. He's promised that. And there's no place that we will go that God isn't. So this morning, let's stand. I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer. You don't have to pray this. It's it's entirely up to you. But I'll I'll give you what the prayer is going to be and then I'll walk us through for those of us who want to, to say this and make this a commitment of our life for today and moving into our week. You ready to do that? You ready to do that? Okay. So this is what the prayer is. Then you make the decision as to whether you want to, uh, to say this prayer out loud. <clears throat> prayer is simply this. Dear God, I want to know your presence in my life. I want to become friends with you, not a stranger to you. Thank you for your promise to never abandon me. Thank you for your promises to help me out, to see me through, to cheer me up and to calm me down. Thank you that you help me spend time with you every day this week. Help me to build bridges to other people instead of walls. Help me to connect in with my church family, to be a part of a connect group. Give me the courage to take the initiative. In Jesus' name, amen. If that's something you want to pray, then I'm going to lead you through it this morning. Are you ready for that? Dear God, I want to know your presence in my life. I want to become friends with you. Not a stranger to you. Thank you for your promise to never abandon me. Thank you for your promises to help me out. To see me through. To cheer me up. And calm me down. Help me. Spend time with you every day this week. Help me to build bridges to other people instead of walls. Help me connect in with my church family to be a part of a connect group even. Give me the courage to take the initiative. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm, sorry, Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I'll strengthen you and help you. I'll hold you up with my victorious right hand. Father, I thank you for the power of your word this morning. I thank you that you're here by your spirit. I thank you that you are for us and not against us and that you're wanting to build a relationship with us. And I thank you for your speaking into everyone's heart and mind today in Jesus' name. Just as everyone's got their heads bowed and their eyes closed. Maybe, I don't know everyone here, that we've got some visitors and stuff, and, and I don't know where you're at, to be honest, with your walk with Jesus. But if you have never invited Jesus into your heart,
to be your Lord and Savior. You've never done that. You've never said, Lord, I just want, I need you in my life. I, I can't continue to do this on, on my own. I feel like I'm so alone, but I need you. If you've never invited Christ to be your Lord and Savior, but this morning you want to say, Lord, come into my life, be my Lord. And you, you want that this morning, and you've never prayed that before. I want you to put your hand up because I want to pray with you and I want to celebrate God doing something in your life that will change you for eternity. Is there anyone this morning you just want to pray that maybe for the first time ever? Anyone at all? Just put your hand up nice and tall so that I can see it and then put it back down again. Cool, we got one. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Is there anyone else? The Bible says if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead that we'll be saved. For it's by believing in our heart that we are made right with God and it's by confessing with our mouth that we are saved. So in celebration of that young person who wants to give their hearts to Christ, let's all shout. Let's, let's all, all pray together um, a prayer of, uh, of salvation and commitment to, to God. So, dear Father... I ask you now to forgive me of my sin. I ask you right now, come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Holy Spirit, baptize me. Overflow me. Help me to live Jesus' way. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's celebrate this morning the salvation. <clears throat> I pray that the message has helped some people understand the fear of loneliness. It's a, it's a genuine fear. Next Sunday, I'm going to be talking on a subject that is something that I'm working through and getting victory in and have got some areas of victory in. And it's the fear of rejection. It's, it's, it's a toughie. It's a big one. It's a big one. Next Sunday, I'm going to be talking about how to overcome the fear of rejection. It's, it's, it's tied in a little bit closely with the fear of failure, but it's, it's a big one. We just want people to like us, and for whatever reason, they don't. Now, I can't understand why people would re reject me. I'm just a lovable guy. <laughs> but there's sometimes I'm not a lovable guy and stuff happens and, and we all do stuff, dumb stuff as we live in life and we suffer the fear of, the, uh, of rejection. So next one, I, I would really encourage you, if you know someone in your world, you've got a family member who's just trying to deal with this stuff and uh, they don't know how to deal with it, I, I, I'm believing for a great breakthrough next week for some people who suffer from the fear of rejection. Right now we're going to see the song or pray a song, sing a song. I'm just handing over to Luke, so that'd be good. <laughs>